Hello, and here we are with another episode of the SK Twins podcast, episode number 17. And we have a very special guest this evening, Mr. Michael Cook, the singer and songwriter based in uh, Greenock, Scotland. How are you doing, Michael? Very well, very well. Just bored a little bit because of the, the lockdown situation in London, but otherwise everything's okay. No, no, it's fine. Yeah, so how have you been? How have you been uh, in the lockdown? I'm very curious to know, as a musician, uh, how's things been? Well, it's, I think it's given you an opportunity to sort of write more songs and do that sort of thing. Obviously, you can't perform live, but I found that I've wrote an awful lot. Um, I've been, I've managed to record an album and I'm working on another album at the moment, so uh, to try to stay as busy as I can. Yeah, and you're an actor as well, so in terms of acting, what's it been like auditioning and stuff like that? It's all been remote, it's all been done, obviously, videos and stuff like that. Uh, well, the self tapes for us, like for film anyway, it's like obviously the air shutdown with the film and TV, like they've, they've been pushing towards self tapes even before uh, the lockdown. Yeah, but the, the industry was completely dead at the start of the first lockdown, and, and even towards the second lockdown. So you're really lucky if you get sort of any work. I've just started to be able to audition a little bit more over the last uh, three months, so it's starting to pick up a little, uh, which is good. So that's excellent. That's really good, yeah, because obviously the theatres have been closed. You're not allowed any audiences, oh, yeah. um, which is terrible. Things opened up for a while as well, a few months ago, and then. I heard theatres were opening back up and then they just closed again. Straight away. I, well, they're not designed, I don't think theatres are designed for people sitting two metres apart from each other, so yeah. uh, they really need to be like, near capacity to be making any money, so it's like, it's really a lose-lose situation for them. Yeah, a lot of funding just get wasted. So a lot of them, what I heard, was actually they've been doing live streams and charging for tickets. That seems to be the sort of, the, that seems to be what people are trying to do now. At the moment, like I've got a gig at the Beacon, which is just a wee acoustic gig, and I'm just playing two songs, the songwriters on cover series, and I'm doing that on this Sunday. But I'm only we're going to pre-record, and then it will be on and say the 14th or whatever yeah. uh, of this month. But that, that's that's what they're doing that theatre. They're they're recording guys, and then just going to do a live. Then they're just going to stream it out. Uh, on like social media and stuff. Yeah, because it seems to be the best tactic uh, right now because there's not much people can do. Um, in terms we might be seeing me do something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, it's, it's, it's a weird one, but it's for creative people, it's been a hard time to stay active. Uh, obviously, I'm involved very, very in hard. Yeah, yeah, because I'm involved in a combat sports game and there's been no live events. Only the really, really high-level stuff like the UFC and high-level boxing shows, but otherwise, there's no regional stuff at all. It's because it's so hard to facilitate it, especially with all the guidelines and that that people need to follow. So it's, it's like it's so strict. hard unless you're, you're able to facilitate that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you, you need to have millions of pounds. And once you come at the very, very top level, there tends to be really real funding issues, like yeah. really, really limited funding issues, like funding. So really difficult any sort of middle level of like sort of any industry sort of crumbled a bit because they just can't facilitate the sort of safety measures that need to be taken yeah. during this pretty much that's it and they just can't keep up uh, lots of small businesses are went down but yeah that's so right now we're in difficult times but it's good you're still managing to stay active um, 
So just tell us a little bit, tell the listeners a little bit, Michael, about your uh, your beginnings. And I want to know how you changed from sports. I know you used to be a track and field runner. You used to do uh, long distance running. So how did you change from uh, that to get into performing, get into the arts? Um, well, I sort of got to about 17, 18. I went to the Glasgow School of Sport. Uh, on my fifth and sixth year, like my last two years of high school, I went to the Glasgow School of Sport and I had every intention of sort of going to the Olympics and that like this was going to be what I did, I'm going to be an athlete, I'm going to go to the Olympics, but I was sort of, just, I was played with a bit of injury and then I think as you get a wee bit older, you get a wee bit more cynical and I sort of figured out when I got to about 17, maybe 18, wait a minute, this isn't really working out for me. So it's almost the equivalent of like failing at pro youth football. So after I'd sort of realised that and realised that I sort of had to go on a different path once I left school, that I thought, you know what, I'll go to college and I'll still be involved in sport. I'll get a co- I'll get a, a degree in sports coaching or sports science. I'll do something like that. And I applied to college and I got in. I went down and to Largs Sports College and I did a year of advanced sports performance because I had to start at a really low level because I'd left, I didn't have anything academically. Like everything was geared towards being a professional athlete going to the Olympics. Yeah, it's a very American style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You realise that you don't have any, you're not going to be able to do this for a living and then you're left with like no sort of uh, grades or whatever. Um, So I went to college did my NC, which is like a national certificate, mm-hmm. and if I pass that, I should be able to go and do a higher national certificate, then a higher national diploma, and then a degree. So it was like a four-year journey. It was going to be, and I went down to college, did the NC advance, I passed, no problem, and I applied to the sports science course. But I got a letter in the door saying that I had been accepted on the course, um, so I was stuck again, and I was like, "What am I going to do with my life?" And, did a wee bit of soul searching and I thought, you know what, I'll get into. I, I used to, what I did first was I, I realised like I had a big chest, uh, which had loads of DVDs in it, and I've loved films like ever since I was like I was about ten. I started, I had a paper round, and I used to go and buy a new film every week. And I thought, you know what, why not be an actor? Like I don't know what just came to me, like just be an actor, like, um, and I just. I decided, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll look up college co- courses and I found the first college, the, the best college course I could do was an HNC in acting and performance at James Watt College, which is my local college. Which is right over the road from me, man, which is really lucky. <laughs> yeah, well, I know, it was, because people, people from all the country go to, go to that college. Yeah, I went to that college, and I come from Livingston. <laughs> Like I was shaking, like I thought 
performing like I performed at a pretty high level in athletics, like um, top British level. And like you would get nervous before a race, and I thought if I can manage a race, I can manage it. Yeah, this will be nothing. Yeah, I've never felt anything like it in my life. My heart was going a hundred miles an hour, like just couldn't breathe, like shaking, and I, I struggled through this audition piece. And I went home, felt humiliated, and I contacted the college and says, "Look, I'm really sorry about my audition. I was really nervous. I would, I'd love to even come and do a national certificate and act, and if you would let me on." And they say, and the, the head of the course got back to me and says, "No, we loved you." Yeah, we'd love you to come and do um, the HNC, but we'll give you an unconditional. So I was really, really grateful getting to that. And then once I went to that college and did, I did uh, two years there, and I was really lucky I got signed as soon as I came out of college. Uh, well, in fact, probably a year after I came out of college, I got signed up a good agent um, through in Edinburgh. Yep. And uh, I'm sure I get wee bits and pieces with the acting stuff, like I told with the acting stuff, like, takes you about 10 years to establish yourself mm-hmm. so you're struggling you can like first of all living in scotland the additions are few and far between the times like you can go get one edition every couple of months if you're lucky yep. at times yep. and, uh, it's really really hard to sort of build up that portfolio like the cv and stuff not easy and especially because you didn't go down a conventional route you went straight out of college exactly. and started doing your own stuff yep and it's a lot harder it is because they sort of just relied in Scotland particularly they just relied on guys coming from the conservatoire if you didn't come out of drama school I don't think you were really trusted in anything particularly the theatre like you don't ever get any theatre really no. if you didn't go to a drama school it was really really difficult you had to either go to the youth theatre and work your way through that way or go to a drama school yep. so everything was it was really really it was it was really hard and I was finding that I was getting bits and pieces every like say you're working three jobs a year like good jobs like yep. doing wee things like small theatre or a commercial or um, if you're really lucky a partner film yeah you're right like, I was quite I was quite I was quite fortunate that way that like, I got a couple of parts uh, in a feature film and a part in a small TV show and uh, did a did a little bit there yeah you're um, in an episode of Tiger was, were you not you're not an episode of Tiger you've done a little bit no no MI High was CBBC and uh, I did uh, Outpost 3 which is the, like, the third in the trilogy of uh, horror films so I had a small part in that as well which is great because it gave you experience on a set yep exactly uh, then you start and you, you, you're really actually learning the craft doing um, short films and I went for acting classes for years as well like to sort of yeah, become obviously just become a more confident actor. a more professional understanding yeah yep yeah. yeah. add those layers and learn a proper technique like if you ever need a technique it's like it's really I learned practical aesthetics it was called and that was really beneficial just seemed to click with me and once I did that I was doing that course and I still do it like I was still doing it like for years and um, I found I was starting to get recalls just getting into the habit of auditioning you get recalls auditions getting penciled in for things just missing out and, was, and I realised there was so much rejection that you have to deal with absolutely so, what I did after about say three years in the industry I think it was about 23 24 um, I contacted a casting director that I knew uh, 
league from a better basis is like the Sunday streets are really really difficult and it's so the rejection really plays on you mentally like is there any advice you could give me like I didn't even contact them like to look for an audition or anything I was just writing that was really really like tough mentally when you're dealing with all that rejection and um, she got back to me right away and she was really nice and she says look the best advice I can give you is stay creative keep being creative whether that's working in a theatre or doing music or doing anything like that's related to what you're doing at the moment that will keep your, your sort of that will keep you engaged with it and keep you engaged with the craft so the first thing I thought was I love music I can play the guitar a bit um, and I just decided like I said just to really work on the guitar and start working on the guitar going for guitar class I used to wear a guitar class once a week it was just an hour guys teaching you a few songs and whatever and I just I found I started writing songs because I couldn't sing covers I found it really difficult to sing covers and um, I started writing songs and I found that the songs started it was like well like, they sounded alright so I'd ask a few folk advice on it and uh, a few folk that like says that's a really good song so I never really looked back, that was it, from that point was that I just kept writing it, I just got bug for sort of writing songs and uh, performing and I thought, well, you know what, that's, that's a good thing to do because I've got more control over the music as well, like I can go away and produce an album myself and promote an album myself, I don't need to really rely on anybody else to, like, give me a part or get me an addition now I can actually like you've got so much more control over the music than you do the acting so absolutely I just decided to put an awful lot of energy into that as well and I've never really looked back from it so yeah, it's, and, been, it's, it's, it's been really good and you've kept your acting going haven't you because the thing about you is which is really good is the fact that you're you're self-motivated from the start you've been pushing yourself you've been your own agent basically for a lot of your career uh, and uh, even though you've had an agent for a lot of your time you've had Dougie Scott and different agents um, you've been able to re- do really well in terms of creating your own opportunities and like you're saying like that lady told you the casting director to stay creative you'd really clever to find another avenue that you're, you're interested in you know what I mean exactly and the thing is as well it's like like, uh, I'd say any actor or anybody, it's like, look, it's going to come down to you, whether you're going to, like, I know they say make it, what does that really even mean, but, like, if you want to make a career out of this, you really need to, I'll look at it as an agent's a string, an extra like, string uh, to my bow. Yeah. So, uh, you're the main force, and you getting work, really, like, you contact cast directors, you do that, you push projects, you be in the best position possible so that when they call, you are ready. It's like, it's, you, you honestly, constant work on your craft, constant work on developing skills eh, so that when something comes up, you're ready to go. Like, if you've got a part of something that calls you up and asks, eh, are you ready to play the lead in an action film or whatever and you're not in shape? Like, What's the point? It's like, why wait until that comes up? Just, I've, I've always took the approach, like, be ready, be ready for when, they, when it does, when it does come, because then you're going to be able to do the best job possible. 
Absolutely, especially because, like you told me about a recent part that you've gotten that we can't talk about what show it is, but you've taken up horse riding just for a part. You took took up just for an audition because you knew that. that Exactly, you didn't even have the part yet, but you took up uh, uh, lessons just in case you get the part so you understand horse riding better. Now, that's commitment. That is a lot of commitment. And to be honest, you're giving a lot of solid advice to young artists, and not just artists, even if you're an athlete or anything. That's the best approach to have. You need to make your own opportunities. If you're a fighter, if you're a musician, it doesn't matter what you are. You're your own agent. You're your own PR. Like You need to understand that, and people don't understand that, especially in today's age with social media. We have to utilize these tools we have at our fingertips. If we don't, we're going to rely on the traditional methods, like having agents, having fucking this and that. So absolutely, you're giving absolute solid advice, Michael. Honestly, it's and it's great to hear. It's refreshing to hear. Um, tell us a little bit about your current projects that you're working on in music, because I've taken a liking to a lot of your current music you've released. Uh, it's not my general like style of music I'd like to listen to, but your songwriting, your your uh, your uh, your instruments that you're playing, uh, the way you put your songs together and producing your music has a real genuine and unique sound to it and I've, I've enjoyed listening to it. So tell us a little bit about your recent work, the couple of albums you've released and the stuff you're working on uh, in the near future. Yeah. 
uh, half get ready to go so I might get a song in before I go and film and then I'll leave me just a few songs that I need to record and then sort of polish it a wee bit and then start a sort of promotional campaign so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. No, oh, that'd be brilliant. So is it, see right now, how is it you're able to get into studio? Do you have access to studios? Do you have a kind of contract with a studio to go on and record? How does it work? Well, I've got one studio that I generally work with and one sound engineer who's also a session musician. So the two of us go into the studio because there's two of us, we're, sort of, we're, we're, we're within the guidelines of the um, like COVID drills and that. So uh, we find the day we have the studio to ourselves. So it's just the two of us and um, we tend to go in. You'll record a song in a day. That's, that's the way we sort of look at it. We'll record a song in a day. And, uh, maybe try and record maybe one song every three weeks. Yeah. But I just I do I just generally work with the same with, with the same studio. Yeah, because obviously you've built up a rapport with these guys and uh yeah. you would you gel together. That's a good thing. So you've managed to find that um not too far. Yeah, because there's lots of studios all over Scotland. Not too many, not compared more compared to down here in England, but there is quite a lot around Glasgow and stuff like that, and it's really important to find the right fit, I feel, for, for the music you're creating, um, for the style of what it is. What are your inspirations for your music? It's a very Brian Adams kind of vibe that I get from it, Scottish Brian Adams. <laughs> and, but what's your what's your musical influences um, when you're writing? I don't, you know, I don't have any sort of influences anymore, sort of, when you talk. See, writing is so hard because it's hard to. I find I've never been able to write if I try to write like someone else. Um, I think I've got idols, I've got guys that I love and, and, and musicians that inspire, inspire me, but I sort of gave up very, very early on on trying to sort of emulate them and sort of copy them a bit. But like, it doesn't work and, and people can see through it right away. So, um, but my sort of taste in music is quite eclectic. eclectic. Um, I love bands like The National, I love Bob Dylan, Neil Young, Tom Petty, so the Kings of Leon, um, so I like I, 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 I like Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, like, yeah, I've got a wide uh, range of music that I really enjoy. <coughs> Sorry, yeah, so you've got quite a wide range uh, that you're into, and um, in terms of writing and coming up with melodies and stuff like that, what kind of tools do you use to help you or do you work with a team to do that or is that all yourself? It's just all myself. Um, do you know see, I, I never went into with the sort of really with the idea of intentionally going, I'm going to write a song, this is what I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write a song now. Uh, I think to be a good musician, like, I think it's got to be a sort of way of life for you. Like, I enjoy picking up the guitar and playing the guitar and I enjoy playing my own stuff. I don't know, really like, trying to learn somebody else's song and learn covers of that uh, so I just sort of mess about on the guitar and uh, come up with wee melodies and if something sort of sits nice then I sort of look for maybe something else in it and then if I come up with a wee line you sort of just you sort of just seem to go on a wee journey with it and uh, before you know it you've got a song yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's 
a lot of the best music in history is written the same way. It's not, it's unintentional. Um, it, it, same with melodies, guitar riffs, really famous. It's really quick as well. It's yeah. really quick as well. It's a really, really quick process. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, it's not what people think that you're sitting. It's not like you're sitting and it's like it's for hours and hours doing this. It's literally just getting in there and uh, basically you just come up with something like you're saying. You just go with that thought, uh, go with that kind of intention and see what comes of it. Um, so yeah, no, I found the same with writing plays, with anything really. It's, it's it's like that. Anything creative. It's just when you have these ideas, it's very important to to go with it and work on that idea. Don't just let them slip away because you don't know. That's you, you come up with some great stuff. You just don't know. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to ask you a little question that I wanted to ask earlier, but I, I forgot. Um, it's I wanted to the viewers to know a bit more about the School of Sport in Glasgow because it's not really publicised much or market much in Scotland. It's I'm not saying it's secretive, but it's not really something that's known in other parts of Scotland unless you're really in Glasgow or that I, kind of area. Well, do, do you know what? You need to be right into sport. I think, I think it's really a sport designed, a school designed for um, guys who've got a real intention of having a career. It does uh, in sport. Um, Particularly, there's there's four sort of main sport. There's four sports involved in the school of sport, which were athletics, hockey, badminton, gymnastics, and swimming. So five. And so those are the those are the sports that they sort of focused on. And um, there's been some really successful at, uh, athletes that come from like Olympians and in fact Olympic silver medalist Michael Jameson. Uh, the swimmer, yeah. he was the year above me in the school of sport. Right? Uh-huh. So, um, uh, uh, if you're uh, if you're involved in any of those sports, you're aware of the Glasgow School of Sport. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was a really good school. Do they do, school, do, really they do boxing? Team. Do they do boxing in there? No, no, they only do they only do those five sports. They only do the hockey, gymnastics, swimming, athletics, and. Um, they should really, we should, yeah. they should really add football into that, shouldn't they? Well, do you know, they just can facilitate it. They can facilitate the amount of players that you'd have in um, for football, isn't it? True. Yeah. I think it was hard enough. I think, I, I think it was hard enough having hockey players in it. Do you know I mean? I think it was more so the individual sports sort of flourished a wee bit more, like the swimming, the, the gymnastics, and the and the athletics. Yeah, things like that. No, it's, it's it's really interesting because it's it's American style, very American style, like orientated kind of school. Except it's not a college or like a university. It's just a it's a high school, like you're saying. Um, uh, and yes, it's interesting because, in my opinion, Britain should adopt that method to have in America. You know, where you go from high school to uni to doing a sport and getting a degree at the same time. It worked really well in the oh, UK. Yeah. I think so. I think so. I agree. Yeah, it worked really, really well in the UK. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been really good having you on, Michael. Honestly, and we're just coming to the near of the podcast, the, the end of the podcast right now. I just want to give you a little chance to any shout outs you want to give, any plugs to your social medias, um, it's anybody you're involved with, any upcoming things that you're you're going to be doing. Yeah, just whatever, any shout outs you want to give. Well, with that, well, thanks a lot for having me. Uh, you can find me uh, uh, on uh, Michael Cook Music on Facebook, Michael Cook Official on Instagram, 
If you look up Michael Cook Music on Spotify or iTunes or any mainstream media, you'll be able to check out my new album. And uh, I'd love you to check it out. Uh, I've got a new album coming out in June. Uh, it looks so... Uh, yeah, I'd love you to check it out. Absolutely. So you can check Michael Cook out in all those different places and you can check out the SK Twins podcast on all podcast platforms from Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and plenty, plenty more. Thank you, Michael, for being with us this evening and we will see you soon.